That was beautiful. Thank you very much. Uh, certainly testifies to the, uh, you know, the high yearnings and callings of our, our heart and each and every one of us. Uh, my brothers and sisters, good morning. Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, I will uh, take this opportunity to introduce our speaker this morning. Certainly no stranger to us has come here oftentimes to minister to us and certainly well known among us. But for those of you who do not know, our speaker this morning is Elder Jeff Ballantyne. comes to us from the Colburn Road branch and uh, has ministered to us a few times and always brings such a, a wonderful ministry and has such a beautiful spirit. Uh, it is uh, my joy to associate my name with the men you see sitting before you. It is our joy in the Lord is our service to you. Our Lord. James refers to him as the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Job describes mankind as groping in the darkness, staggering like a drunken man. But in response to uh, Thomas's question, Christ refers to himself. He says, Thomas asks him, he says, Lord, we, we don't know where you're going and how could we know the way? Christ responds with, I am the way the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father except by me. This leads me to our opening scripture from the fifth chapter of Matthew and the Beatitudes. And blessed are all the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Please rise with me now and sing hymn number 24, O Jesus the giver of all we enjoy, after which we'll have our opening prayer by Elder Dan Walker, number 24.
Father which art in heaven, hallowed Father be thy name. And we come to this this day, Father, in the name of your Son, even Jesus Christ. And Father, we think on the beauty of your world, the bright sunshine and the green trees, and we see, Father, your touch and your craft in these things, and we thank you for them. And Father, it's with joy that we join here today to worship you and your Son and to Hear the words that our brother brings to share with us. And we pray for Brother Jeff, Father, that you might open his heart and his mind, that those things will pour out of him, Father, that you have placed there. So we look, Father, for your invocation upon this meeting, and we pray, Father, a blessing upon us. And we do it in Christ's name. Amen. Will you bow with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you giving thanks. Thanks for the blessings that you've bestowed upon us. Thanks for the direction that you've given us. And for that, we uh, um, ask that you bless those who are uh, willing to offer, uh, wanting to offer, and offering up what they can to you, Lord. Um, and we just ask that you bless this, this monies that they will be used uh, in the creation of your uh, kingdom here on earth. That you will um, see to it that those monies are used to bless those that need it and to build uh, upon the foundation that you've set, Lord. We just ask that you uh, continue to watch over us, Lord. Uh, in the remainder of this service. And we say these things in Jesus Christ's most heavenly name. Amen. Thank you for having me to be with you today. Thankful that I can can be here and to share about uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and um, maybe the walk that that I have uh, been privileged to walk with Him by His grace. Read for opening scripture from the book of Enos, our theme for today. For this week, out of the first chapter, verses 5 through 7. And my soul hungered, and I kneeled down before my Maker, and I cried unto him in mighty prayer and supplication for mine own soul. And all the day long did I cry unto him, yea, and when the night came, I did still raise my voice high, that it reached the heavens. And there came a voice unto me, saying, Enos, 
Thy sins are forgiven thee, and thou shalt be blessed. And also from 3 Nephi, chapter 4, verses 50 and 51 through 52. Behold, I have come into the world to bring redemption unto the world, to save the world from sin. Therefore, whoso repenteth and cometh unto me as a little child, him will I receive, for of such is the kingdom of God. Behold, for such I have laid down my life and have taken it up again. Therefore, repent and come unto me, ye ends of the earth, and be saved. today, O sinner, come home. Certainly that is, has been a call that I have, have heard throughout my life as I have um, grown up and, and desired to seek the Lord. And I think it's a beautiful thing when we take what God has created and he's given us each a voice and we take those things that he has given gifts and talents and spend time refining and you think about you know for us to to hear that ministry of music today 
All of the hours of preparation, the training that was done to refine those gifts, and then the practice to blend them together into one voice, that we might, uh, we might be blessed with the spirit that comes with that offering. So I thank you for that. Um, do want to, to talk a little bit today about, uh, I guess what I would say was my conversion um, to this gospel. And you know, I was born and raised in, in a, a small town in, in Centerville, Iowa. And uh, you know, we have some others from Iowa here mentioned this morning in worship, and um, I think I was pretty great too. Uh, but we had a small branch growing up, and probably oh maybe ten or so people, um, maybe fifteen on a good good Sunday. And there were just two families that had had young ones there. Uh, my family and one other, and and. My father and, and this other member there were were the two priesthood, and they'd kind of rotate back and forth being pastor, and and the rest of the congregation was uh, up in years. And so my brother and I, when we'd come into church every Sunday, uh, what we like to do is go around and give all the, the people gathered there a hug, and um, we just kind of do that to start the day off, and... Uh, especially like to, to hug a brother named Bill Medland, and he always had candy in his pocket, so if you gave him a hug, he'd, he'd give you a piece of candy. Um, but it was good to grow up in that, that little group. and uh, I learned the, the things that were, were taught, and I learned about the church growing up from a young age, and I think there there was some disconnect must have been in in the things that I learned as knowledge and the uh it just hadn't connected to my heart I guess and so you know I went about my younger years there kind of living the way that that I wanted to and um probably much like the the way the world did and my father um, came down for a priesthood retreat, probably when I was in, in about seventh grade. And throughout that weekend, he heard the calling come unto me. He heard the calling that we should gather our family uh, closer to the center place here. And he came home and shared that with us, and as a junior high boy, that, that meant that life was pretty much ending, um, that uh, I was not super excited to, to leave everything that we had known there in Iowa and, and gather, and I didn't really have much of an understanding about, um, about Zion or uh, any of the, the great hope that we have in those promises that the Lord has made to us. Uh, for some reason, that hadn't really been something that I had heard much about. And yet we, you know, Dad obeyed that that calling and, and we moved. And it was probably one of the greatest uh, things for me in my life, even though I thought that it uh, was the end of life. <laughs> um We started attending church at South Chrysler, and I noticed very quickly, well, for one, there was a whole class of junior high kids there, and so that was exciting to me. For once, there was someone that was actually my same age um, that I got to go to church with, and I pretty quickly realized that uh, my life was very different than theirs. They um, they read their scriptures and volunteered to pray. They uh, 
were trying to follow the Lord. It was important to them. And I relate to Enos where he says, and my soul hungered. And my soul began to hunger because I could see in their lives a light that I didn't have and I wanted that. I could see a joy in living out the gospel. And for the first time it seemed like I must have been missing something all these years that these things that I had learned about were meant to have application in my life and I could see it because I could see it lived out in their lives. Do you realize the testimony that you bear in just living out the gospel? That others can, can see that light in you? It's quite a testimony, especially for those who are not walking in the ways of the Lord. And so I uh, began to try to, to follow also. And they invited me to come to Zion's League and never heard of what that was before. And um, that was a blessing to be part of that group. And we... Um, Jim and Jean Coney were our, our leaders, and Brother Jim's here today, and Jean, and uh, we uh, he helped lead our Zions League, and we took a caravan, um, which was a witnessing caravan, and I was excited to go on that trip, mostly probably to be with my friends, but to, to seek the Lord also, and um, I didn't really fully realize what that trip was going to be like, or I might not have have signed up so quickly to go, but uh, we got in the van and we were going for the purpose of trying to reach out to small branches all around as we also kind of saw some, some church history sites. And so we would get in the car and, and Jim would say, you know, this is where we're headed, and he'd pass around a, a sheet, and he'd say, sign up for when you're going to share your testimony. And there were enough blanks that everybody's name was going on the list. And so I grabbed that thing as quick as I could and find the last spot and try to get my name as low as possible because I had no idea what in the world I was going to share. And um, that was kind of, of my attitude of sheer terror and fear to be able to stand before anyone and try to share something. Um, but uh, through the course of that trip, the, the Lord moved in my life and started reminding me, when you, when you look for testimonies to share and you start thinking about the ways he's blessed you and maybe it becomes a more dire situation where you're going to be in front of somebody and you're supposed to share that, um, he brings those things back to your mind. And... Uh, so I began to recall ways that he had blessed our family and to share those, and, and it was a wonderful experience. And by the end, I was excited and had joy to, to sign up and share. And so I found that uh, I enjoyed that service and, and sharing uh, with my brothers and sisters. But one thing that I was concerned about as I um, was on that trip I had started reading and I had read the verse in Ether 1:41, and it says, And the Lord said unto him, I will forgive thee and thy brethren of their sins, but thou shalt not sin any more, for ye shall remember that my spirit will not always strive with man. Wherefore, if ye will sin until ye are fully ripe, ye shall be cut off from the presence of the Lord. And I, uh, I was worried that maybe I was there. Because when I'd pray, I I didn't really feel like it was going anywhere. I wasn't sure that he heard. And it just, it felt like a struggle. And I thought, you know, maybe, maybe I've fallen too far. It's not a, a pleasant place to be, brothers and sisters. 
Maybe you've been there. And um, one night I was with a couple of the guys that we were were with, and we were staying in the, the house of one of the saints, and I shared with him, you know, these thoughts and worries that I had, and thankful that he had the insight that he had. <laughs> um, he might have just said, "I well, I don't know. Good luck with that. Um, but uh, he said, you know, I, I think if you're concerned about this, it probably means you're not in this this state. And, you know, I, I was young and I was just getting into the scriptures, so I didn't understand what what that all meant, and, and so I had this concern. But um, when he shared that with me, I can't tell you, uh, there was just a hope. I had hope that maybe on this walk that I could continue to draw closer and uh, that the Lord might be able to have mercy on my soul. And so I began to exercise my faith and I... And have hope, and uh, had embarked in that service of the Lord. And and I would say to you that that if you are find yourself in that state, because you know different times since that time, I, I've I've felt like you know maybe I've drifted away from the Lord a little bit, and and that maybe my prayers aren't reaching above the ceiling. You know, you pray for things sometimes and and it doesn't seem like you're seeing the results of those things. You know, take courage. Um, it probably, it does not mean that the Lord is, is far from you. Uh, it probably means that we've got some work to do, that there's some things we need to come before him and, and ask him to search out in our lives and to relinquish to him, to repent of our sins. And if we will, if you'll take that time, you know, my testimony is that if you'll take that time to seek him out and to find a quiet place and to continue in that prayer and be persistent in that, be persistent in that, that uh, he will uh, hear those prayers. He certainly hears them always. And you will begin to again feel that, that closeness with him. Um, So I would, uh, again, from, from Enos, um, you know, I, I said I related to how he said he, he hungered. Um, and then the next, next part there is he says, And I kneeled down before my Maker, and I cried unto him in mighty prayer and supplication for mine own soul. And I think that once we draw near to the Lord, that that is... Is the next, or that we have this desire and this faith and belief in Him, and we find a hope that we can be saved from where we're at, that we then have this next step of needing to repent. Um, and I've repented different times in my life, and I think probably to different degrees. Um, I was with my my kids uh, at our house several years ago. They're 13 and 16 now, but when they were were fairly young still, we I found discovered that we had been raising a large crop of of dandelions in the yard, and uh, you know you don't really notice those, and while they're green and and just plants, it's it's that one day where they all of a sudden all at once seem to sprout up and you see the yellow flower just dotting all over the yard and um, so we knew we had some work to do there and went out and uh, started to to dig those up and and start to treat them and and the kids wanted to come and help and so they came and and they were picking flowers and I think my daughter liked the the fluffy ones because you could blow on those and that was fun um, which was not much help but uh 
you know, I was showing them, I had gotten this tool that, that you can use to dig down in the soil and, and cut that root that's down below the surface. And um, we were talking about, you know, you gotta, you got to cut these down deep to be able to get them out. And um, the next day, I think, I was at church, and, and the Lord kind of opened my mind to, to think about that and really think about how a lot of the sin that I was seeing in my life was, was symptoms of something that was wrong in my heart. You know, the, the sins that I was repenting for were, were things that were coming out of my life which was good. I needed to repent of those. But there was a deeper level. There was something wrong inside of my heart that, that was causing me to even enter into those sins. And um, that caused me to repent of, of that as well. And maybe you uh, can relate to that. Maybe, there, maybe you have sins that continue to, to plague your life. And they keep coming up and keep coming up. And you repent and, and then... You find yourself entering in again. Maybe there's a deeper root that you need to ask the Lord to, to show to you um, that's within your heart that you need to repent of. Uh, David says in, in the book of Psalms, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. And so we have this... Uh, this inner part of ourselves that um, it's hard to see. It's hard for us to, to get a clear picture of uh, what's, what's inside of us and to know exactly what's going on in there sometimes um, to, to be able to repent of those things. But the Lord's got, he's got one of those tools and he can, can reach down if you'll present yourself to him and come humbly before him. And he can reach down and, and cut that root may not be the most pleasant experience. Um, if you've ever felt the, the chastisement of the Lord, um, I have. And uh, on the one hand, it is bitter because you know that those things that he has presented before you are absolutely true. And there is no argument. You know, when your, your parents come to you and say, hey, you've done this thing, a lot of our reaction is, well, that was, you know, you've got to understand that this person did this, and so that's why, why that happened. That doesn't happen with the Lord when he, he chastises you. Um, he tells you the way things are. And, um, and there is no argument and you know the truth, and you can see the, uh, the bitterness of, of your ways. But at the same time, there is this beautiful love that he wraps you in when that happens. And you know that despite all that you have done, that he has given the blood of his precious son on your behalf, and that you can be restored. And that love um, knows no separation, and there's no, no way that we can, I don't think, comprehend it um, fully. We can see glimpses, but we can't comprehend it fully. And so it's a beautiful thing to uh, have him help us sort out those things and, and move on to greater righteousness in our lives. And it's a process and something that we need to continue, um, as is, is hungering. You know, I, I don't think that... I can't say that I have always continued with that hunger that I had initially, and maybe this is the same for you, but I try to remain hungry to seek the Lord. You know, when, we're, when we put ourselves in situations where we can experience things with him, when we're active in our faith, when we're studying and we're, we're truly seeking, that hunger is there. Because to, to be in his presence 
to experience anything with him is to desire more. Have you found that to be true? When you experience something from the Lord, it's not just a, well, that was great, and let's move on. You hunger for that even more after that experience. You want to be in that presence. And you don't... You don't fill with that. And so we need to continue to hunger and we need to continue to be repentant. And to repent of who we are. And, um, you know, sometimes I get bogged down in that, who I am. And uh, you can see where the focus is. You know, it's it's inward. <laughs> and how how sinful I am, and um, that's not what the Lord wants either. Uh, He's created each of you uniquely and placed gifts and talents in your life. And there's really no, no one that can take your place in the heart of the Father. I think about it as, as a puzzle, and if you ever have, I like to do puzzles, maybe, maybe you do, probably at least have done one before, and if you get to the end and, and there's a piece missing there, that is so frustrating. And you comb the house looking for that piece, and, and you find out one of your kids has it in their pocket. Um, but uh, that, pe- that, that picture is not complete until you can get that piece in. And I think it's that way with the Lord and us. We're all his children. Everyone he created is that special to him. And each piece is different. You know, some puzzle you buy have, have the same cutout mold, and they look the same except for the, the picture that's on the front. We're each unique, and each have a different shape. And, and that's with great intention and purpose that he, he's done that, because his plan is for us to be part of this kingdom, to bring our unique pieces to that work, to be a part of of this beautiful picture that he wants to make in, in Zion, to be of one heart and one mind, to be the bride for Christ as he would return. And uh, I think it's also important to think about you know, your piece is only meant to connect to those pieces around it. And the Lord has placed people in our, each of our lives, and that's for a wise purpose. You know, that is um, a gift to you. You're made to connect to them, to reach out to them in their lives, to be a help to them to take that next step on that path of righteousness, to walk with them. And maybe their puzzle is connect piece is connecting to other pieces, but you're sure a part of that. And you can't uh you can't um, underestimate the importance of that, I think. And so we need to be mindful of those relationships that we have with each other. Um, and and be intentional about um, helping each other out on this path that we walk. Sometimes that connection to those people is is just a, a brief interaction. And, you know, I experienced that uh, once with my father, he, he had a car accident in in Kentucky. He was traveling for work and uh, was going to make a turn and uh, was in a, a terrible car accident. And the truck came, they think the truck that hit the side of his car actually came through and struck his head, uh, crushed in his, his skull, broke ribs and broke his leg. And he was in pretty bad shape. And, and we flew down to... Uh, be with him because they weren't sure he was going to make it. And 
because it was a head injury, they'd taken him into surgery already and, and cleaned things up and put a plate in his head um, by the time we got there. And because it was a head injury, he couldn't have any pain medication at the time for, for the first 24 hours. So he was in pretty immense pain with uh, all the broken bones and and pain from the surgery and, and just everything. And he couldn't even get to sleep because um, because of all this pain. And one of the, the brothers that we went to church with um, had called around and, and found an elder that was uh, the closest one that he could find. We'll say that. He wasn't close. And his name was Joe Green, and, and Joe um, heard that need, and he hopped in his car, and he drove and uh, got there probably around midnight and administered to Dad, and Dad said that, you know, really what he needed was just to be able to, to get some rest, some relief from the pain in that way, and, and let his body recover. And as he finished his administration, Dad fell asleep and was able to get that relief. And then Joe visited with my mom for just a bit and, and us, and then drove back, and he was going to get home just in time to start his work day again. And so he gave up his night's sleep that Dad could have, that rest that he needed. And I think about that, and I think, you know, what it is that makes you do something like that, what it is that you have experienced that makes you lay down your life for another that you don't even know, to intercede in their life and to be connected to them. And it's this love of, of Jesus Christ that we've come to know, is it not? We weren't meant to be buckets to see how much we could collect, to see how much we could accumulate, either physically in this world with seeking the things of the world, or spiritually. We don't come just to to be ministered to, to be filled up, and there are times that we need that, but we're meant to be a conduit to transmit that light of Jesus Christ to this world, to transmit those testimonies and experiences, the way the, the gospel has taken effect in our life, to share that and to be a witness and to, um, to be able to give that love that we have received to those around us. And this was no different with Enos either. If you keep reading on beyond verse 7 there, after he's forgiven of his sins, he has this desire to uh, pray for the, the Nephites and the Lamanites, those who he considered his enemies even. And um, we likewise need to, to have that heart about us. If we realize and can fully understand the value that each soul has to the Lord, I think it changes the way that we interact with one another. And I think this is important, especially in these days that we find ourselves in. I think it's important for us to realize that, you know, the Lord, I think, this. I'll state this part as my opinion because... Um, I don't know if I've uh, found this expressly stated, but um, I think that his heart is towards us always, no matter what we've done, even when, um, even for those that he uh, sends forth his wrath and, and moves to destroy throughout the course of history that we've read about, I think even in that his heart is towards them. I think that's a, a mercy thing that, um, rather than let them continue to to go the error of their ways, he can see their hearts, and in his mercy and his love towards them, um, he ends their time of probation. And he has a plan and a way for them to still be redeemed if they would. Um, that's always the key, right? If they would. And so I just would challenge you that in your interactions with your brothers and sisters, that you keep this 
perspective in mind always that we remember that the worth of souls is so great to the Lord and that we see each other through his eyes. No one is is ever forgotten to the Lord. Um, I think about my mother-in-law, Marsha Bird. Uh, Their family experienced a a loss of a son. Uh, He was 13 and and passed away of leukemia when Deborah, my wife, was 8. And um, every day... Marsha still, these uh, probably 30 some years later, will pray and say, God, please let my son Jeff know that I love him. And I think of First Nephi, chapter 6, 45 and 46. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget. Yet will I not forget thee, O house of Israel? Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Thy children... We'll stop there. The Lord does not forget his children. The Lord does not forget the house of Israel. Joe mentioned in class today that um, as we see the signs of the times that we're living in, the things coming upon the earth that are hard for us to bear, that uh, the Lord is not caught by surprise. In fact, this is... He moves in his plan of salvation, in his plan to redeem Zion. And he moves through these things and um, sets the bounds of, of all of the rule and control of every person on this earth. Interesting to see these things unfold, isn't it? We were just talking about how We'd read scriptures and you start to see them unfold and and Deborah and I both were were saying, I just didn't really think it was going to be this way. But yet you can see it. You can see it happening. And that's exciting and it's encouraging. And uh, so is our walk with the Lord. It's a joyful thing. And really that's why we we move out and, and seek to share Uh, with those around us is so that we can share that joy. That's what the Lord desires for for each of us is to experience the joy of knowing Him. And it certainly does add joy to your life. I'm sure you could all testify of that. And so as we move into these last days, let us remember the words in Moroni the seventh chapter. And if a man be meek and lowly in heart and confess by the power of the Holy Ghost that Jesus is the Christ, he must needs have charity. For if he have not charity, he is nothing. Wherefore, he must needs have charity. And charity suffereth long and is kind and envieth not and is not puffed up, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil and rejoiceth not in iniquity but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, if ye have not charity, ye are nothing, for charity never faileth. Wherefore, cleave unto charity, which is the greatest of all, for all things must fail, but charity is the pure love of Christ, and it endureth forever, and whoso is found possessed of it the last day, it shall be well with them. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart that ye may be filled with this love which he hath bestowed upon all who are true followers of his Son, Jesus Christ. 
that ye may become the sons of God, that when he shall appear, ye shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is, that we may have this hope, that we may be purified, even as he is pure. Amen. And I would just uh, close with these words from section 4. I know that uh, this marvelous work that has begun is is continuing in this day, and we are soon to see greater things than have yet been seen. Now behold, a marvelous work is about to come forth among the children of men. Wherefore, O ye that embark in the service of God, see that ye serve him with all your heart, might, mind, and strength, that ye may stand blameless before God at the last day, I'm skipping down, and faith, hope, and charity, and love with an eye single to the glory of God qualifies him for the work. Continue on, my brothers and sisters, down that path that the Lord has called you to walk. Reach out into the lives of your brothers and sisters, and may we see the Lord's work fulfilled in this earth. Thank you, Jeff. Beautiful message. We will close today with singing hymn number 377, O Jesus, I Have Promised. Afterwards, we'll have our closing prayer by Elder Joe Williams, 377.
our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy holy name. I want to offer our thanks unto thee, Father, for this uh, time that we have spent together in class and in our worship services. We appreciate, Father, so much the uh, guidance of your Spirit as it has moved in our midst, as it has inspired our brother Jeff to share those testimonies from his life that are an encouragement to us. We can relate so closely to the words that he spoke and recognize the times when we have wandered far away from Thee. And we repent, Father, and ask that we might come back into Your presence and pray for Your help. Give us the strength, O Lord, that uh, we can endure the days which are before us. And Father, may we do so with, uh, with the charity, as was spoken, the charity, that pure love of Jesus Christ. Help us as a people. Help us individually and collectively. May we support one another and do all that we can uh, to bring about the kingdom of God here upon this earth. We recognize, Lord, that we're most lacking and we need the power from heaven that this might be done. But help us to play our part and to do that which we can and use the strengths and the gifts that you've given us. So, Father, I would uh, pronounce a benediction upon this hour. I pray for your protection over this people. Help us as we travel to our homes and as we this week uh, are about our daily activities. May others uh, look upon us and see something different and inquire as to the reason that uh, this countenance of Jesus Christ is within our heart. Thank you, Lord, for all you've blessed us with. May all praise and honor and glory be attributed to thee in thy holy name. And we ask these things in the sacred name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Thank you.